to the Evolving Media Podcast, a podcast where we discuss the ever-changing media landscape and try to find out how we as creators and producers best can cope and thrive in the future. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, please consider voting, rating, subscribing and sharing. It will all help us do more of these so everyone hopefully wins. Now my guest today is Frank Rose author of Art of Immersion, a simply great book about the world of immersion, the world of storytelling, the world we're living in right now. He's currently working on his next book, but today we may mainly going to talk about something else. Frank is a member of the Digital Storytelling Lab at Columbia University School of the Arts and was one of the founders of the Digital Dozen, which is an award for breakthroughs in storytelling that awards the most innovative narratives each year. So join us for a talk on where storytelling is heading, what the direction we're going in based on the history of the Digital Dozen, and what Frank's new book really is about. Dive in. Frank, uh, I'm extremely happy to have you on this podcast series. I've been a big fan of yours for ages, ever since reading Art of Immersion back in the days. It it feels like it was a very short time ago that the book came out, but it's really, it's a little bit back in the days, even. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you, Simon. I'm delighted to be here. So... Uh, Last week, you had held the Digital Dozen Awards um, uh, in New York, uh, and uh, it's the fourth year that you've been giving out these uh, awards. Could you tell me a little about what the Digital Dozen is and, and what it's all about and where it started? So it's a project of the Digital Storytelling Lab at Columbia University School of the Arts. Um, I'm a member of the lab. Uh, the lab was founded about maybe five or six years ago by Lance Weiler, who you may be familiar with. Yeah. Uh, he's the uh, creator of a, a, a number of, of you know fascinating projects like uh, Frankenstein AI most recently. And uh, he's uh, – uh, well, the, the, the awards are basically – uh, designed to honor and, you know, make note of uh, uh, projects that are indicative of, you know, sort of where storytelling is going uh, in in a technological world. Yeah. And in particular, it's aimed at, uh, you know, sort of projects that are innovative, innovative forms of storytelling that make use of digital technology, but they're not necessarily, uh, you know, on a digital medium. I mean, for example, we've had a number that are uh, live performances, but they're enabled by digital technology. Mm -hmm. So I think in, in that sense, it's a, it's a real it gives us a real sense of where things are going. And as you say, we've been doing it for four years now. So we've seen quite a bit of um, of evolution, even just in that period of time. Where would you say that it's heading then? I mean, when you look at the digital dozen this year, I see AI uh, games, I see uh, applying AI and machine learning to content and stories, uh, VR experience, escape rooms, you know, a lot of exciting and interesting stuff. But compared to the journey that the awards have taken over the past four years, where, what, did you, what would you say, how, what does it indicate? Where, is, where are we heading? Well, 
I think it's, um, I mean, it's a little bit hard to tell, but there's some definite trends. Uh, you know, VR has been part of, uh, you, you know, part of the landscape um, since the start of this, mm-hmm. but it's uh, taking, uh, you know, so, sort of an increasing um, amount of, uh, of bandwidth, so to speak. And it's also evolving, it's changing, uh, you know, as we as we speak. It's, it's really uh, uh, you know, no longer something that is uh, uh, like a, a like a sort of a micro story, or something that is completely divorced from the real world. What you see in um, uh, uh, in projects like Queer Skins, a love story, which is uh, one of the digital dozen for 2019, is. A, a VR experience that's part of a larger uh, installation. Uh, the story is about a, a young doctor in the early 90s who dies of AIDS and is gay, and uh, it, it deals with his. Uh, it shows his parents trying to uh, deal with, uh, you know, with with what has happened, everything that has happened, and in a sense, it's happened to them, of course, as much as it happened to him. And they're very conservative uh, Catholics in a rural part of Missouri, in the middle of the country, and they have a hard time coming to grips with with the uh, you know lifestyle that he had, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that he was gay at all. So, uh, you know, when you when you experience this, you see uh, you know not only uh, uh, what you see in a VR headset, but you also see uh, um, you you walk into an installation essentially where you're in his bedroom, uh, you know, in the house that he grew up in, and you mm-hmm. you flip through his papers and you and his photographs and so forth, and you're you know even before you put the VR headset on you're part of this, uh, you know, you're, you're sort of part of his world. And I think that's really indicative of, of where VR is going. Um, I, I don't think it's always going to take uh, ex- this exact form, but I do think that what we're seeing is a merging of the digital and the physical world. And we're seeing this in a, in a number of uh, ways in a number of different places, but, uh, uh, but that's certainly what's happening here. One thing that I also I agree with you fully on that one, uh, but one thing I think I I've observed when I looked at the at the digital dozen that you've uh, selected for this year is that there is a there's a notion of using technology to find stories where stories haven't been able to be found before. I'm uh, thinking of the L.A. Philharmonic, the Walt Disney Concert Hall, you know, recalling the past there. Uh, thinking of the how uh, they painstakingly uh, put together JFK's last speech, etc. It's sort of like getting new... Uh, tools to find, dig into places and spaces where stories have existed, but not been able, but you haven't been able to unearth them, basically. Yes, I think that's a very good observation. Uh, You know, both of those projects, in fact, uh, relied heavily on artificial intelligence, on on, um, uh, neural networks and uh, related technology. So, uh, you know, and they relied on it in very different ways. But 
this is almost the first time we've seen AI making inroads into the digital dozen. We uh, two years ago we had an amazing project by Karen Palmer, who's a young filmmaker in London. Mm. Uh, uh, who had a project called Riot, which was uh, an emotionally responsive video. The idea is you watch the video, you're in a riot. Um, the, the riot sort of sweeps you up in it. And uh, the system determines your mood and reacts accordingly. So if you stay calm, you're going to get out okay. But if you uh, kind of lose it, so to speak, you're not. And um, and so the, there's an AI involved, you know, facial recognition software and a, a number of other things, uh, you know, a number of other technologies. But the AI is really key to it. So uh, you know, that was a fascinating use. But what we're seeing now uh, this year, and of course, when I say this year, these are all projects that were that were created in 2018. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, what what we're seeing now is AI being used to, uh, you know, not create the project out of whole cloth, but to certainly to advance it, um, and in a certain extent, uh, in a certain way, to create it. Uh, you know, there's another AI project um, this year called One the Road, by Ross Goodman, a former speechwriter for Obama, yeah. and it is a you know essentially a road novel that's uh, uh, written by an AI. AI. Uh, Ross took a uh, Cadillac from New York to New Orleans and uh, had you know, hooked it up with uh, uh, various bits of technology and um, uh, you know GPS and and uh, you know video camera and so forth and it uh, the the AI literally wrote what it saw and. In that sense, you know, Ross calls himself the writer of, of writer, <laughs> you know, um, in, in the sense that, that he wrote the software uh, and he, you know, trained the software as well. And, you know, obviously the whole point of neural networks is that you're able to train them to recognize certain things and, yeah. uh, you know, whether it's uh, faces or sounds or, or whatever. And he, uh, in a sense, trained the network to uh, to write by showing it, uh, giving it lots of examples of different types of literature. Interestingly, he did not give it, uh, you know, on the road or or Hunter Thompson or anything like that. He, he wanted it to be a little more original than that, I think. What would you say characterize? Is there something that characterized the dozen, the digital dozen this year? Is there some? Is there is there something that you that 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 could? be seen as being a unifying trait amongst them? Well, um, actually, the uh, the program is uh, sort of deliberately eclectic. We feel that uh, there's no point in having categories, so so mm. we we don't draw any lines between any of these projects. We you know we we have descriptors, of course, but but you know it's not like we have a category for VR or a category for you know web video or something like that. We feel that. And, Digital technology uh, tends to erase these boundaries, and th- there's no reason we should uh, try to reinforce them. And also, everybody's essentially using the same tools and trying to figure out how to use them. So we feel that everybody can, uh, you know, learn from everybody else. Uh, so 
So in that sense, the uh, you know, the 12 projects that are selected are uh, and always have been, uh, you know, a, a very eclectic group. There's video games, there's uh, um, VR experiences, there's AI uh, related um, projects, there's uh, uh, in physical environments, um, you know, and and it's always been like that. Um, you know, I think, as I say, that what's really different this year is the emergence of AI is an important, um, you know, is a is a really important development in storytelling, and I think we're going to see a lot more of this uh, coming up. But uh, I think what we're seeing here is kind of a kind of an early warning system, if you will. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it'll stop anytime soon either. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I saw someone in the in the trailer for the Digital Dozen that was um can't remember his name, but he characterized um working on the projects like like the ones in the Digital Dozen as creating the platform while at the same time building it, you know, building it and working on it and creating through it. So doing everything all at once, basically. So uh, and I guess it takes a certain kind of person to be able to to juggle all of this at the same time, creating the platform that you're going to be working on at the same time as you're working on it. Yeah. Do you agree? Yes. Yes, I do. It's uh, I mean, that's kind of a fascinating aspect. Uh, you know, there's several examples, uh, not so much this year, but last year we had a couple where where the people who created the projects were also, you know, responsible for uh, creating tools that enabled them to create the projects. Um, uh, there was a, th- there's a process called depth kit, um, which is a, a sort of a 3D modeling process that that enables uh, uh, this you know uh, uh, that's used for VR, and um, it was created by a company called Scatter, which used it to. Um, create uh, th- their project that was, uh, in fact, our the winner of our special jury prize last year. Uh, Zero Days VR was a VR experience that was um, sort of inspired by uh, Zero Days, the video documentary on the Stuxnet virus. And um, uh, what what happened with the with the VR was that they uh, created. They recreated, I should say, the story from the point of view of the virus itself, which is, mm. I think, gives you a very intriguing, uh, uh, you know, window into what you can do with VR that you, you know, would be much, much harder to do in a, a more traditional, uh, you know, medium. Um, so, so depth kit, in fact, was used um, this year in Queer Skins, and um, uh, interesting dialogue, I think, uh, uh, that we had between the, um, uh, the people behind depth kit and the uh, creators of Queer Skins. Um, there was another project last year, um, uh, Arden's Wake, uh, that was created by a, a VR um, studio in 
of the Bay Area, and they created a tool called Maestro, um, which is uh, uh, basically a sort of a VR tool that allows you to work in VR. In other words, while you're in, in a, a VR experience, you can collaborate with other people who are in the same VR experience. Uh, so we're we're seeing uh, things like this it's a, you know it's a bit like um uh as you say you know building the airplane while you're heading down the runway <laughs> but uh, but you know that's that's kind of that's kind of where we are uh in media right now and that's one of the main reasons that we that we launched this program we felt like uh, you know, this is a really special time when there are all sorts of possibilities and nobody knows where things are, are going to go. And, you know, who knows, in 10 years or 15 years, it's liable to be, uh, you know, a much more settled uh, uh, type of industry. But right now, there's just endless room for experimentation. And we, we really want to document that. I mean, it's exciting times. That's, that's for sure. Uh, one thing I'm, I'm thinking, if I'm thinking of people I, you know, work with or mentor who are more traditional, uh, say, uh, writers or directors or documentary filmmakers or any of these, so to, so to speak, more traditional genres, but that I know that they could benefit greatly from expanding what they are doing into other platforms as well, because their stories or side stories or, or background stories could be told in different ways and more immersive, more engaging, etc. But as a more mm-hmm. traditional creator, how would you say they should approach the digital dozen is it is it should they just be inspired inspired by them or is there something more that could be taken from it well i think it depends on uh you know what what you're doing as a storyteller and and what it is you're looking at you know the fact that they're so eclectic means that uh, you know, I think there there is definitely a lot of room for inspiration. And, uh, you know, you could, I mean, I could see, you know, just looking at, uh, you know, the projects from this year and last year and, you know, taking, you know, having, you know, essentially half a dozen takeaways from, from different projects, depending on, you know, what it is that, that you're doing yourself. You know, one of the projects this year that was really uh, fascinating to me was uh, uh, by the Japanese um, art collective Team Lab, uh, which uh, which created a uh, an environment for, uh, that they installed at La Villette in Paris uh, called Au-delà des Limites, which means means uh, essentially, you know, beyond the borders, beyond the boundaries. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, a really frequent, um, uh, a frequent meme um, in the kinds of stories that we're experiencing here. People want to break through the barriers. They want to, you know, not have... Um, art that's in a frame or theater that's, uh, you know, inside a proscenium arch or, or even necessarily television that's on a screen. Um, if, if there's a way to, um, to, to make these uh, you know, sort of all surrounding and, and immersive in a true sense, then, then I think that's what people 
increasingly want to do. You know, a really good example of that in a in a completely different context was a, a marketing campaign that was done in 2017 it was one of our 2018 digital dozen uh it was done for by um new york ad agency called droga 5 for mailchimp and the campaign was uh did you mean mailchimp and it's a uh, uh you know it's a campaign that literally had you know went from everything to, uh, you know, billboards on the streets of Los Angeles to, uh, um, uh, you know, short videos that were in very, very clever videos that were posted on the web to actually, you know, creating products, sort of, sort of crazy products, all of which had a name that in some way sounded a little bit like MailChimp. Hmm. Um, for example, the, uh, you know, one of the products they created was called Fail Chips, and it was uh, potato chips that were sort of pre-crushed. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, uh, you know, this is a kind of thing that if you're trying to, um, if you want to advertise something and you want to reach people who are you know, resistant to conventional advertising, which is just about everyone these days. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to be you have to be really inventive, and you have to be able to, you know, come up with some ideas that really surround people wherever they go. And also, in the case of ads and marketing, um, you know, things that people will seek out rather than uh, things they'll try to avoid. As I said at the beginning, I'm, I, I read your book, Art of Immersion, way back when it came out and, and my wife got it, got it as a Christmas present, et cetera, and so forth. So, but it's, uh, uh, but I mean, you're currently working on a new book. So if you could tell me just a little bit about the direction of that one, if you compare what you're working on now with Art of Immersion, where's, where's, where's things heading? Uh, well, in a sense, the new book that I'm working on is uh, is kind of a follow-on to the art of immersion. It's also an outgrowth of the executive education program that I've been leading at Columbia for the last uh, five years, so, which is called Strategic Storytelling. And it's basically a two-day intensive for uh, senior and mid-level executives and independent professionals and so forth uh, who who want to come to New York and take it. it's focused on uh, storytelling as a, uh, a you know as a strategic tool, and it um, you know it, it gets a lot of people who are in advertising and marketing and strategy. It also gets, uh, as I say, independent professionals, people and uh, who work with uh, nonprofits. Uh, you know, basically anybody who has a story to tell and who realizes that they have to tell that story rather than try to uh, you know, well that that the best way to communicate with people is to tell their story. Uh, And so this is designed to, you know, help people like that uh, uh, do this and to, you know, help them formulate, uh, you know, a story for themselves and uh, for their business or whatever. And, uh, um, you know, sort of show some of the basics of how it works and also uh, you know, give a sense of why and how stories are more effective at changing people's opinions than other forms of communication. I mean, you know, we're sort of taught from 
uh, we're taught from uh, an early age that the way to change somebody's opinion is to make a logical case for something to, to you know, formulate an argument. Yeah. But in fact, that's about the least effective uh, way of changing people's opinion. Uh, stories are much more uh, effective at changing people's minds about things. And the reason is that stories are emotional. And, uh, you know, for all that we like to think we're rational creatures, um, uh, we're, we're not necessarily. And, uh, so, so the books that I'm working on, which will probably be out sometime next year, I'm not quite sure yet at this point, uh, but it addresses the one thing that the art of immersion didn't, which is how it's about, you know, how do you tell a story in the digital age? And mm -hmm. it's, you know, obviously I'm not going to be doing a tutorial on, you know, VR production. Uh, I'm looking at, you know, what all these kinds of different media, including experimental media have in common, um, what they have in common with more traditional forms of storytelling and, and where they differ from that as well. Mm -hmm looking very much forward to to reading it when it's out next year and i know what why what my wife will be getting for christmas present i guess <laughs> frank okay frank thank you very much for taking the time to to uh being on this podcast uh and i hope you have a great rest of the week uh, over there okay thank you so much simon thank you i appreciate it